It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. Uh, I'm here this week with Helena Olivero and our sports editor, Chris Fivlemore. We're going to talk about uh, the new State Farm Arena uh, where the Hawks play. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Happy to be here. And uh, so we're, uh, you guys, we've all actually just seen the new arena, and uh, both of you just went to the opening Hawks game uh, last night. Uh, Helena, tell me uh, what your experience was. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was really striking to enter this arena where from the outside it looks pretty much the same. I mean, there's new signage. Um, but you would never know all the changes that can take place. And uh, $200 million really uh, transformed the inside. And I was just uh, really struck by the openness. And it really had this more communal feel, some great amenities. There's, I mean, there's everything from a barber shop to great new food and beverage options. There's right. a little area called, um, there's an area called Little Italy where you can get antique pizza, you can get um, gelato ice cream, there's more craft beer options, and this space is very, very open. So um, that was my, my initial takeaways, and it's just new. It, I think the arena to me felt the inside um, and tired and worn. I re- right. There was errors with like old carpet, <laughs> and it just seemed a little darker and not the best options for like getting your food and where to go. And now, um, you know, when I was there, I-, I arrived early, and there were plenty of fans arriving. Um, what like at least an hour before the game. Yeah. So I don't know. That was my first takeaways. But what I heard from a lot of fans immediately was this sense of. A more open feel and you can get your food get your drinks and 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 be closer to to like a better view of of the game yeah so how was it for as uh, for you know sports fans for viewing the game right to me the big thing is the sight lines are so much better i mean they took out the, the stack of suites but they also took out part of the upper deck and that opened up those concourses that go around, which is a big, uh, big deal there too. That you can now walk 
around the entire arena, which you couldn't do before. Yeah. But all those places, there are such neat little, I don't know what the right word for it, but just gathering places for yeah. people to come. They have sure. corner scoreboards where you can come out and stand above them and below them and get different access, um, new gift shops. They were just gathering places all over the place, which you just didn't have before. Right. But to me, for the average sports fan, in seats, in each deck, the sight lines are just much improved. Right. It feels like they, they really thought about the fans and the fan experience. Right. So they'll like to tell you when that building was built, it was built for hockey yeah. And to be above and look down on the ice. Well, that's not the case anymore. And so, and in an oval, the shape of a rink. Uh, and so that's really where they put a lot of the structure and then the viewing areas was so that you're not looking down so much, but more straight on. There's this, there's a new uh, video board. It's massive. Is it? Yeah. 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 Um, which is, um, you know, I, I, I like the old uh, video, was the old video board. I thought it was, was pretty cool, but this is mass, it's yeah. huge. And I thought the color and the sound was, was pretty, pretty. Yeah, awesome. it's the third biggest in the NBA I've seen. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, and there are some that are, I think, uh, longer, but the fact that you can see on the sides of this, so it's really a, almost a circle, an oval, makes it a lot more screenage and they can claim that it's the third biggest yeah. uh, in, in the league, but it's it's massive. Huh, well that's really cool. So it's, this is really, even though the outside looks the same, it's kind of a whole new experience once you get into the arena. Yeah, absolutely. I talked to fans who said, you know, from the outside it looks pretty much the same and then you walk in and it feels like a brand new building. And I think there was a lot of uh, excitement and enthusiasm from fans also that, that the Hawks decided to work with a building that was already here and remaining in Atlanta. That was a theme. What are your... Well, sure, because the alternative was to build a new one for $600 million, where this way they could do it for $200 million. So, I mean, when push comes to shove financially, it made sense. But that building is where they wanted to be in downtown with Marta near it. Um, you know, for now, there's the Gulch with some parking in it. Uh, but so it made more financial sense to them. But you're right. In essence, they built a brand new inside of the arena. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that's great that because Atlanta, we do tend to tear things exactly. down. <laughs> so our sports arenas don't last long. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like they're gone in a minute, you know. But uh, they at least kept the outside of this one and freshened up the inside, and I, I think it I think it does look really great, even though I haven't gotten to see it completely finished. Well, they'll tell you it's not really finished yet, right? No, there'll be I think there's some couple months of you know, kind of behind the scenes, what they call punch list stuff to do, but um, yeah. but for the most part, I mean it's for the average fan who's going to be there, they're not going to see right. a lot of the uh, where the work still needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they already, it's like we, the, the venue actually opened with a concert, um, like last Sunday, uh, there was a, they, they did uh, So So Def's 25th anniversary, so we've, we've had both a concert and a game now, so uh, I guess they're, uh, sure. there'll be, there'll be more of both on and the I, horizon. <laughs> and I, I think it was a great home opening, I think it was a great home opener, um, as well, there was all this enthusiasm and excitement of taking in all the new amenities, but you know, ultimately, it, it, you want a good product on the court. You want a, a good, exciting game, and I think 
fans got that. Um, the the Hawks were behind. They were as what down I think twenty six yeah. at one yeah. point and. Uh, things got off to a rough start, <laughs> and I remember thinking at the, toward the beginning of the game, like I hope it's a resp- I hope they can keep it respectable. That was <laughs> my and then they sort of like kept making some comebacks, but I it, you got the feeling that it might be sort of out of reach that they might, but they sort of kept um, plugging away. I thought it was a, a really exciting game to watch, and of course they they won the night. Right. I think you're going to see that a lot this season when you're just talking about the on-court product because they are so young and and new and and in a rebuilding mode but uh, they're scrappy enough that they're going to be in games um, and so I think a lot of the games this year whether whether they win or lose and maybe they lose more than not uh, they're going to be in those games and I think that's kind of adds to the to the excitement of it that yeah. you know and they're fun to watch they play a, a wide open style they love to shoot three pointers they shot 40-something last night, and Coach said he wished they shot 50. Uh, so that's, it's kind of that wide-open uh, style of play that I think makes it adds to the excitement. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the timing of the, the newly I think the timing of the newly renovated arena um, with this rebuilding period, and there's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of excitement about this new young, young new young team and some of the new new pieces. Yeah. I think. Well, that's good because I mean, you know, the arena will will bring people in, you know, once, but then it's you know up to the the team to keep bringing them back. Right. This is Atlanta, and the bottom line is, yeah, at some point you have to have a, you have to win, and yeah. then so it's nice to come to the new arena and see the amenities and things like that. But after a while. Um, you know, I've been involved with you know going to Camden Yards in Baltimore, the new baseball stadium, and that was like a huge draw for a while. But yeah. you know, at some point, you've got to win, especially in Atlanta. <laughs> when seriously, there are so many other things to do, yeah. other sports, concerts, things to do here. If you don't win, ask the Thrashers, then you don't last. Right. So yeah, in in addition to the podcast, we've also got some video coming of the arena that uh, you'll be able to take a look at it. We've been working on a video that's going to take fans inside State Farm Arena and a look at all the different amenities and look at the suites, a look at uh, the barbershop, look at um, the new look at a look at the new restaurants and all the the new elements of State Farm Arena. Yeah, that's great. I think that's what the interesting part of the, the, the renovation is, is I think it's a different experience per level of ticket or, yeah. or, or space that you get to go in. I mean, there are some very well-done, high-end, with food and all, uh, uh, suites to go into. And then up into the top, you know, is where the $5 beers and popcorn are. Uh, <laughs> but it's a different experience, I think, all the way down. And I think that's what kind of make. I think that's what they were looking for. I think that's kind of what it makes it unique or special. Yeah. So it's basically there's something for everyone there. Correct. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's great. So uh, let's uh, take a listen to uh, the story that Helena's brought us and um, uh, go to AJC.com and follow the Hawks throughout the season and uh, see what else we have uh, in store at State Farm Arena. Team From the outside, the Atlanta Hawks arena may look about the same, but inside is a different story. The Hawks organization recently unveiled its renovated and renamed home, 
formerly Phillips Arena and now State Farm Arena, and fans had a chance to experience the remade arena during the first home opener against the Dallas Mavericks. The Zach Brown Band kicked off the game with the national anthem. And Atlanta's own future performed during the halftime show. With everyone anticipating the new arena, it's no surprise that celebrities such as Waka Flocka and Cueva were in attendance. Former Hawks player Dominique Wilkins had this to say about the new arena. Breathtaking, in a word. Breathtaking is one of the nicest arenas, not the nicest in the NBA. I mean, what they've done is pretty remarkable. The $200 million extreme makeover makes the arena more connected, more open, and a more exciting place to be. On the one side of the court, there's the new upper deck seating and party space featuring a top golf simulator. And on the other side of the court, you can watch the game from unique premium space called the Atlanta Social. Three new premium clubs have also been built, as well as new restaurants, new concession stands, and Killer Mike's new barbershop. I wanted to open uh, a boutique barbershop that had modern amenities, that was dope and stylish and classic, and I wanted services that felt like Chick-fil-A and not McDonald's, right? Um, and what happened was we created a swag shop seven years ago, the first one down on the south side of Roosevelt Highway. We opened our flagship store on 365 Edgewood Avenue shortly after and added re a retail component and really started to shape into what we were, a place where men can come, socialize, get a great cut, and pick up some swag. Marina, which is unveiling this season, a huge renovation, and we are excited to take a sneak peek and take a look at what's coming up. And I am here with Thad Shuley, Chief Operating Officer of the Atlanta Hawks in State Farm Arena, and Brett Stephenson, Executive Vice President and General Manager of State Farm. Great. Great to be here with you. Thanks for having us. Yes, welcome. Um, Thad, talk about this huge renovation and what, what's in store for fans this coming season. We're super excited to be opening the building now, um, just around the corner. As you can see, there's a ton of construction that we're just putting the finishing touches on it uh, right now. Uh, this project really has started almost three years ago uh, when new ownership came to the Hawks. Um, the, uh, the, the mayor and the leadership of the city wanted to make sure that we kept the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta for the next 30 years. And so we worked together uh, to create uh, a joint venture. And, uh, and the building had always been owned by the city and the team had a lease and we extended our lease uh, for, uh, for 30 years. And we're gonna be here through 2048. And in exchange, we invested $200 million to make this building into, into what it could be. Uh, one of the interesting things about the renovation, before we even started, before we even put a shovel in the ground or, or a pencil to paper, we thought, well, where should this building be and how much it would it cost if we wanted to build new? Um, we think this building is in the right location. It's not a coincidence that it's where the Omni was located uh, initially. It's where Phillips Arena was built on top of the Omni, and now we say this is where State Farm was built, really in, within the shell of Phillips Arena. We have a brand new building from, from the baseline all the way to the roof line. Uh, but we talked to our contractors and said, how much would it cost to build a new building in, in downtown Atlanta today? And they have their models and they know what you know, square footages and construction costs are. And they said it would be about $550 million to build a brand new building on this site. He said, well, wait a minute. 
right? What about a renovation where we don't have to build the foundations, where we don't have to bring in all the steel and structure, the roof's in place, all the mechanical systems are in place, the curtain wall. Take all those pieces out of the building and how much is that? That's about $350 million for all those things that are part of the core and shell of a building. That leaves $200 million left over and that was our budget. And that's what we had to spend to basically recreate this building from the inside out. What, is, what are some of the really cool new elements um, that change the, the fan ex experience? Well, really, it was, the focus was really two primary objectives, knocking down the wall of suites. And so we took essentially what was two premium products and made that into seven different premium products. Same number of seats. We still have about roughly 3,500 seats before, 3,500 seats um, currently on the premium side. Just distributed around the building now more evenly with multiple, uh, multiple opportunities for great experiences. I think seven different premium experiences we have now. Um, on top of that, we've done a lot to enhance the fan experience across the board. Now with 360 connectivity around our concourses, our main and upper level, we talked a lot of times about how the Beltline has really changed the city of Atlanta and connected all of these great neighborhoods. We like to use that same reference for the building. And now this concourse on our main level and upper level that goes 360 around the building now creates all these different great destinations on our concourses, which I'm happy to get into today too. So talk about Zach Brown Social Club and all these different amenities that a lot of folks have heard about through the press over the last six months to a year. Um, again, that's those neighborhoods that we're now connecting with our home. Yeah, can you talk about the neighborhoods and the food and beverage changes and what fans can expect? We want this building to be a great night out, right? And, and a great night out for people revolves around a basketball game or a concert. That's what's going to get them out of their house and, and, and to come downtown and, and be a part of the building. Uh, but a great night out to me is, is having great food, having great drink, and, and being with your friends. Um, and so we partnered, and, and when we think about what the Hawks are as a brand, right, and what we mean to this city. Um, our brand mantra really is true to Atlanta. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that this building was true to Atlanta and that our food and beverage offerings are also true to Atlanta. And so uh, we think that uh, we got a collection of some of the greatest hits that Atlanta has to offer that are always also greatest hits inside the arena, right? So pizza by, um, by Gio's uh, and Antico Pizza. He's not only gonna have his pizza, but fried chicken, a Pat Lafrida burger, and some gelato in an area that we call Little Italia, right? So the idea wasn't just that, let's go partner with a bunch of different food providers and then, and then array them around the arena and have them in different locations. Let's put them in one place. Let's make that a destination. Let's make that a neighborhood. Very similar to what Geo has just on the west side, we built that inside the arena. Uh, we've also partnered with Zach Brown. Zach Brown started his career in the restaurant business, in the food business. He had a restaurant, and he is working with the same chef he was working back then, Chef Rusty, and he's created a menu that works in the arena that has taken over almost 10,000 square feet of our North Concourse. And when you walk through there, it looks like no other concession stand that you've seen. It's really a restaurant on the main concourse. Uh, we partnered with Old Lady Gang for a great fried chicken sandwich. We also have Chick-fil-A, right? Given their you know, tried and true American in Atlanta chicken sandwich inside the building. Um, JR Crickets on, on, uh, for wings. Uh, their lemon and pepper wings are, are, are some of the most popular in Atlanta, um, and we're going to have those inside the, uh, the arena as well. Um, we talk often about just the, just the physical transformation of State Farm Arena, right, as you can see behind us. But we also talk often about how it's a transformation of our business as a whole and our focus on being world-class operators and our focus on creating a great night out for our fans. And I think Thad mentioned that a few, time, few, few times already. 
right? What, how do we create that great night out? And that starts with not just food and beverage, but that's ease of entry into the building, um, getting through lines fast. What are all the actual physical amenities of the building that we that we're going to offer our fans? So there's lots that go that goes into that. Um, but that's really been our focus. How do we really create this amazing night out that fans will want to continue to come out for? I say one other thing on food and beverage, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. in our mind, there's really three pieces of food yeah. and beverage, right? Um, first is this is not an institutional setting. This is supposed to be a great restaurant, a great bar, right? Great food, and that we didn't want to just hire an institutional leader for that. So we went, and we hired an executive chef, an executive chef who worked at Bacchanalia. Um, so Steve Coonan likes to say we went from Bacchanalia to basketball with Joe Schaefer leading the charge. When you put someone like that with culinary chops at that level in front of food and beverage in your building, you've totally, totally taken to a new level. We also made it true to Atlanta with all these great food and beverage partners who are local, right, who serve great food that works in arena. But then finally, right, I think really following the lead of what the Falcons um, and Mercedes-Benz have done around their fan favorites menu and fan-friendly pricing, we've done that as well, right? Um, and we think that just coming to a game means that you're not going to get charged an exorbitant amount to buy a piece of pizza, to get a bottle of water, to have some of the staples that we have 10 different items that are under $5, $5 or less. That means that you can bring your family and have a great night out no matter what you want to do. And we think that's super important for our brand, for our city, and for what we're trying to do here. One thing I'm, I'm struck by um, is it, it's a lot, feels a lot more open and yeah. it's easier to get um, access and view of the, the core action. Can you talk about the decision making because that's very striking to me. Good, I, I, we're, we're happy that's something that's noticeable. I think that's that's one of the key features of the building. It's one of the key features of going from old to new. Um, right. And I think it's partly the way arenas have evolved, but it's partly the way our life has evolved. Um, that we don't want to be constricted anymore. We want to have choice, right? We want to have options. Old buildings were built so that there really was, with when you entered the bowl, it was like a black box, right? It was meant to be almost like the theater and the stage production for a television show or for a concert. Um, and then you walked out of that black box and you were on the concourse and that was, meant, that was meant to be a place where you could grab something to eat, go to the bathroom, but then rush back to your seat. That's not the way people experience a game anymore. They want it all, they want it both. They want to have choice, right? So by knocking down the walls, by creating open concourses, by bringing the outside in and by bringing the concourse in the bowl, we think we've given our fans the choice that they don't have to get out of their seat all right, you know, to enjoy what they're eating. They don't have to sit on the concourse and not see the action in the game. They can have it all at all times and really opens up the building so it's a great experience no matter where you are and you're there for the game. This building is really interesting structurally. And so having to go through a renovation, I think really forced us to be super creative to create all these great opportunities. And that's really been a fun part of this project, is working with our design team, HOK, on really figuring out how do we create just really unique and special spaces throughout the entire building. And I think the fact that it's a renovation forced us to do that. How, how is it going to be different this year with um, different tickets and seating being associated with different food and beverage options. I mean, so in the same way that we have fan-friendly pricing for, for our fans who are sitting in the, in, the, in the regular bowl, that we have, I think, fan-friendly pricing for folks that are in premium seats as well, right? In the past, that we really only had two products. We had club seats that were on one side of the building and then a stack of four sets of suites that went up the other side. Um, we've broken that out. We have seven completely different products seven different options for people. And a lot of those are all inclusive as well. And so we're sitting in a loft right now and that uh, this used to be a typical suite where you went in the back door, 
right? And you were locked inside and you had to order your food and order your drink and entertain everyone within your one space. Um, but when you see, basically, we knocked out the back wall, we replaced it with a curtain, and we took all that food and beverage experience that was inside your suite and we aggregated it and we put it into the open club atmosphere so that you share the space, you share the food, you share the drink, and that you get to meet people and you get to network. And we found that those types of networking opportunities where you're not stuck inside a suite, but you can share it with other people are really popular. And we've taken that concept across each of our premium products in different ways. Can one of you talk about um, some of the new elements like a top, uh, what is it, top golf suites? I think the barbershop, yep. and maybe just hit on some of those new things people have heard about. So partnered with Killer Mike in, in his swag shop, and so we'll have a first ever um, barbershop where you can have a view of the court. So four barber chairs located at the south end of our building. And so fans can come in, get a haircut. You know, you talk a lot about uh, barbershops and the connectivity to sports. And so when guys go, guys go to get their haircut, there's just a lot of talk in general, but specifically usually around sports. In fact, I think LeBron James just came out with a series, I think on HBO, where it's around a barbershop and just talking about sports. Um, and so bringing it into an arena felt like a natural connection. And Mike and his team have been great partners. We've worked with them closely on all the design elements of the space. Again, creating a true unique destination within the building. It's unlike any other space throughout the entire arena. And one we think fans will really, really enjoy. So you can actually get your hair cut during the game and have a view of the court, which is pretty, uh, which is pretty phenomenal. The top, top Golf is another partner of ours that we've integrated with two Top Golf simulators. And so we've installed these simulators connected to party suites, right? So you can bring in 60 folks or you can cut that space in half and have 30 30, but one of those spaces is always connected to the Top Golf simulator. And so, really, just a great experience. Number one, if you're coming out for a Hawks game, you come early, hit some golf balls in the simulator, have a little happy hour, and then you can enjoy the game stay late, do the same thing, or even on a non-event day, if you have a business meeting and you wanna hold a business meeting here in some of our breakout space, right? Have your business meeting and then do a happy hour afterwards with the Top Golf Simulator. And so really first of its kind, not just in the NBA, but of any arena in the country. And so we're excited about that product as well. And then we talked a little bit earlier about Zach Brown's, um, the, the food element of Zach Brown, but we also have Zach Brown's Social Club, which is really over a 20,000 square foot destination on our main concourse open to all of our fans. And so anybody can enter into this space. It'll be decorated um, specifically with some Zach Brown memorabilia, some other concert memorabilia. We've worked closely with Zach and his entire staff at Southern Grounds in designing this space. Again, creating a unique destination for our fans, um, different than any other space in the entire building, to the point too where we've actually partnered with them um, and they've done a lot of the build out in that space too with a lot of the loose furniture. So they've um, done some stuff down at uh, Southern Grounds and their custom shop to really make the space come alive and, and really hit home with Zach Brown and his team. One of you talk about the partnership with State Farm, how that came about and what that means. Um, as it relates to State Farm, um, I think State Farm within the sports industry has a reputation as probably one of the smartest sports marketing firms that are out there. The way that they spend their money, their partnerships with the NBA, the partnership with Peyton Manning, right, and all the things that they do around sports identifies them as one of the, one, one of the most creative sports marketers out there. Um, having them choose uh, the Atlanta Hawks in this arena to put their name on, along with just choosing the city of Atlanta to make one of their regional hubs, we think is a great endorsement of the city of Atlanta and everything that we're doing to be a part of it. So we're excited. They've made a long-term commitment to Atlanta. They've made a long-term commitment to this arena, and we have too, and, and we think it's a great partnership, um, not just for Atlanta, but for the community.
Well, thank you so much. Really excited to spend time and check out the arena and for a great season. Thank you so much. Can't wait to show it off to you. We're excited. In an exciting comeback, the Hawks beat the Mavericks 111 to 104. Making the first game in the State Farm Arena even more special. State Farm Arena is undefeated! <laughs> Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. Raise a glass and enjoy unlimited samples of 150 different wines from around the world at the Sewanee Wine Festival. In addition to the vino, the fest offers craft beer samples at the beer garden, complimentary food samples, live music, art vendors, and more. The 6th annual Sewanee Wine Festival happens from 1 to 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, November 3rd at Town Center Park in Sewanee. General admission tickets are $55, and you'll find all the details at SewaneeWineFest.com. I Loved, I Lost, I Made Spaghetti is a one-woman show based on the memoir by Julia Malucci, subtitled A Memoir of Good Food and Bad Boyfriends. The Georgia Ensemble Theater production, which includes live cooking, invites audiences into Julia's kitchen as she relates tales of her eventful love life. The show stars local restaurateur Jenny Levinson of Super Jenny and runs October 25th through November 11th at the Roswell Cultural Arts Center on Forest Street in Roswell. Those tickets are $26 to $42, and you can get them at get.org. More than 40 local restaurants will be dishing out samples at the annual Taste of Kennesaw on Cherokee Street in downtown Kennesaw on Saturday, November 3rd. They'll also have two stages of live music and a kid's play area. Participating restaurants will also be competing in several categories, including best entree and best dessert. Admission to the event is free, but food samples will cost you a dollar to four dollars each. Taste of Kennesaw happens in downtown Kennesaw from 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. on Saturday, November 3rd. You'll find all the details at Kennesaw.com. Robin Hitchcock got his start about the same time as the punk revolution in the UK with his Cambridge-based band, The Soft Boys. But The Soft Boys weren't punks. They had more than a hint of 60s psychedelia in their musical melting pot and a huge dash of the surrealistic weirdness of original Pink Floyd frontman Sid Barrett. While the Pink Floyd that dominated the 70s was the antithesis of punk, the Soft Boys' barbed and twisted take found favor in a post-punk environment looking for new sounds. Following the 1977 release of debut EP, Give It to the Soft Boys, the band's music changed. As Hitchcock later put it, their sound had, quote, mutated into a ferocious kind of folk metal, not the easiest of wares to pedal to a UK audience in 1978, unquote. In 1980, the band released the eternal classic Underwater Moonlight, then went their separate ways. Guitarist Kimberly Rue would give us, for better or worse, Walking on Sunshine with Katrina and the Waves, and Hitchcock would embark on a long and modestly successful solo career. Like Bob Dylan, Hitchcock seems to be perpetually on tour, singing his sweetly twisted tunes to the faithful one listening room at a time. He's been a frequent visitor to Eddie's Attic, but this time around, he's playing at City Winery. He actually played City Winery on his 2016 trek through town, and, speaking of Dylan, he ended that show with Dylan's Just Like a Woman. But he's been known to throw in a Beatles tune or two as well, along with originals from throughout his 40-year career. 
Catch Robin Hitchcock at City Winery at 8 p.m. on November 7th. Those tickets are $32 to $40, and you can get them at citywinery.com Atlanta. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Jasmine Ellis, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.